Your loved ones are safe in a Subaru, everyone. Speaking of Subaru, uh, I saw... Uh, what is the name of this movie? D uh, Driveaway Dolls. I saw Driveaway Dolls about... And got out of it an hour ago. Very, very good movie. Uh, they drove a Dodge, not a Subaru. But the movie is chock full of lesbian youth. And we all know Subaru is the vehicle of lesbians. Uh, <laughs> it's true. 100% true. Subaru Outback. Look it up. Um, okay. Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast from Affable Idiots. I'm one of your hosts, Chad Michael Ennis. We've got... Oh, I forgot to give myself a middle name. Chad Michael knows everything about lesbians Ennis. Uh, we've got here our normal co-host, Adam. Googling lesbians now. Gumbert, how are you, Adam? Yeah, so in 2016, how Subarus came to be seen as cars for lesbians. Apparently, yeah. this is a very... This is the thing, Chad. 100%. I did not know. You drive a Subaru, you right. wear Doc Martens, you love women. Hey, I can get down with that. <laughs> and we've got our rap regular here, as always, Alex. Doesn't maybe have Subaru in Canada? Cozina. As someone that comes from a household that owns a Subaru Outback, <laughs> not even joking, not even kidding, not even a bit, we literally have... A Subaru Outback, literally feet from where I'm currently am in my basement right here, right now. I can tell you definitively that the Subaru Outback is also for parents that are so desperate not to spend any extra money beyond whatever paltry sum they spent on it back in 2007. That car is old and decrepit and a piece of shit, but my parents are like, eh, wow. it's fine. It has to be repaired every 2000 dollars for every two months but yeah we'll keep it going i hope that description of your subaru is not a reflection on your views of lesbians alex everyone views oh, no, canadians as nice people uh but here's this the thing just here's the turn. thing if we had a new subaru outback a subaru outback that came out within oh i don't know the past 10 years totally fine with it <laughs> subaru outback that's over 15 years old not down with that very uncool I'm very, about 20 years old. Uncool. I just did the math in my head. Almost 20 years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can catch uh, all of our lesbian talk on twitch.tv slash idiots on Sunday evenings around 8.30 Eastern Time PM. You can also catch us in the morning, if you like, on uh, YouTube and podcast services on demand on Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Um, we've, got an, we've got an episode here. Yeah, Adam Gumby says in the chat. <laughs> Everyone loves a Subaru. As I started, I saw the chat. Uh, I started reading it before I even saw it was you. And that, now that's that's great. Excellent. So a, a fun fact about that Subaru, some lore into the Kazina family. Uh, we bought that Subaru in 2007. Again, this is, you know, only building the case more and more to my parents being cheapskates, smart cheapskates, as this family, as this story will illustrate. But well, still cheapskates all the same. You bought it brand new in 2007. You bought a new car as we, a family. Seems like well, your values so here's changed. the thing. I don't know if you remember, but this was during the very brief point in time where the Canadian dollar and the American dollar were almost one to one the same value. Right before the and housing so it was crisis much cheaper, and, and, and the recession in 2008. It was much cheaper for my parents to basically go into the States and buy the Subaru because the amount of money it was being sold for in the States was like, you know, demonstrably really less than whatever you would pay for it in Canadian dollars over in Canada. And that's how we came to have our Subaru Outback. So does it have dual citizenship? Uh, no, it, it's got some weird quirks to it. We once got pulled over by the border people because they were like, well, you said that you imported it, but did you also import export it? It was a whole thing. But 
other than that, we haven't had any trouble. Pesky with border it. patrol. Did you have yeah, to when you purchased it? Now I know you were probably I don't know in, in middle school when this happened. Do you remember having to uh, register it in the United States first? Like, do you have to when you bought the car? Did you have to register it in the U.S. as a U.S. owned vehicle and then move it or? I mean, this is definitely something to ask my dad about. Were you able to uh, legally I'm drive not... it into Canada or did you have to have it towed? Uh, no, we were able to drive it from the United States into Canada. We didn't have okay. to have it towed. If anyone knows Alex's dad, uh, text him, ask him the answer, and then put it in chat here. We'll be on the air for about another hour and 15, so you got time. Walk up to him and say, hey, you know, you, you're you a great guy, but you'd be even greater if you went out and got a new car. <laughs> We've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we're diving into hell on the beach. We got uh, some things about what else is in here. Uh, Elden Lord, Edging Lord, Lords of the Ring, uh, Sick of Truth. But we're going to start today with our main quest, Nintendo Partner Direct. The info that we're about to go through uh, is a summary from Marcus Stewart over at Game Informer. Well, a Game Informer. Game Informer. I barely know her. The Nintendo Direct Type Partner up. Showcase has come and gone, and the presentation revealed a number of third-party announcements and several release dates for previously known Switch, uh, previously known games coming to Switch. Um, we will start with the confirmation from two weeks ago when everyone was freaking out about Xbox. The confirmation of two of these four mysterious Xbox titles are coming to Switch. These are both from Obsidian Entertainment. This is Grounded is coming to Switch on April 16th. And Pentiment is out right now. You can buy this old-ass English book-looking game. Apparently with a great story and really good almost Game of the Year quality apparently two years ago. You can buy that right now on your Nintendo Switch. Dilly dilly, old English. Dilly dilly, old English? What was the thing you were saying before okay, we started? Okay, first of all, it's dilly dally shilly shally. Okay, same thing. And I've learned from KFGD's You're Wrong segment from, I think, Friday that Dilly Dally Shilly Shally is like a translation of a Japanese saying that is all about, like, you know, you're being burdened by, I don't know, a guilt or a pressure or some kind mm -hmm. of burden or anything. Like something. And then it does oh, not yeah, have you a know, the Japanese is Kudu Kudu Kurikin. Kudu 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 the ones for that they make sense. Grounded uh, is a game that needs multiplayer people. Pentiment is a game that will run well on Switch. And then the other ones come to PS5. Make sense for PS5. Um, sea of Thieves and what was the other one? Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi. Makes sense. So the ones that went to Switch make sense for Switch. The ones that didn't also make sense. Actually, I'm kind of shocked Hi-Fi Rush isn't on Switch. Maybe one day. Yeah, uh, that's the one thing. A little surprising because I seem to remember the leaks indicating that it would arrive on switch but obviously some people were led astray not a big deal in the end though i'm honestly surprised a little bit the grounded is coming to switch just given the switch's online infamy being like one person is hosting a server for a lot of other people to join that might need to be stable <laughs> so 
if if this is running on Switch, it is like I don't know. I don't know the last time y'all tried to play Super Smash Bros on Switch, but it is a nightmare. Maybe because it's only four people, they're like good enough. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Unicorn Overload gets a demo, and uh, we can play that demo today. It'll be coming on March eighth. Not much overload? to say about this. I think I said I, it's overload. No, it's overlord. Unicorn Overlord is what yeah. I meant to say. I just know that a lot of people are really because apparently Vanillaware is making it, and people really like Vanillaware games. I've never played one of them, but people are like, "Oh my pants!" <laughs> oh my pants! It's another cum joke from Adam Gumbert. First one was off air. <laughs> Next up, we have Ender Magnolia Bloom in the Mist coming summer twenty twenty four. I'll skip the rest of that unless y'all say so uh, or say not to. A ranger, a role puzzling adventure. Also coming summer 2024. This one actually looked kind of cool. Kind of cool. I'll definitely keep my out my eyes out on this one. Role puzzling. Alex, what is, what is your interpretation from the trailer of role puzzling? A role puzzling adventure. Yeah, okay. So that's the thing is they say role puzzling, but I mean it seems like it's more like just, oh, you got these like puzzles that you have to arrange in specific ways so that you can kind of profess, progress forward. Like the role aspect of it doesn't make that much sense unless they introduce in subsequent trailers that there's like a lot of character customization and like magic spells and things of that nature. In addition to what we saw in that gameplay trailer, it's a little bit of a weird name, but I mean, it still looks good for what it is. Cool. This is a fun one. Monster Hunter Stories. Uh, it's coming summer 2024. This is a port of the, I guess, is this a remaster? Yeah, I guess remaster because it's getting HD visuals. Used to be on 3DS, and this is the like RPG-esque spinoff of Monster Hunter, which is coming to Switch, as well as PS4 and Steam. Includes new voiceovers, a museum mode, and additional content previously only available in Japan. Uh, I did not realize this was not a Monster Hunter-esque game back in 2020, 2017. And I now have more than zero interest in this because I just learned that. So yeah. I do not enjoy oh, the Monster Hunter cycle uh, of like running in and finding a monster and chopping off its tail and coming back and doing a thousand convoluted things with it to get like one scale of armor that you can put on your glove. Um. But the fact that this is more of a, like an RPG and like story based thing is like, oh, OK, different gameplay. Cool. I remember the uh, the amiibo for these games were huge, like huge like, in not size like as or in huge super in popular, okay. not in popularity, just like physically huge. Oh, and I was like, monsters. well, I mean, it's a yeah, I guess so. And, and I remember looking at them and being like, I mean. Nintendo, Capcom, they've collaborated a lot. A lot of Monster Hunter games have been on Nintendo platforms. A little surprising that they're like going this hard for their amiibos, but hey, you do you. You do you, kudu kudu. <laughs> Epic Disney Epic Mickey colon rebrushed is uh, coming in 2024. This is the remaster of 2011's Epic Mickey. Is this the one? Where you're like trying to find the old bunny rabbit that apparently was like the the follow up to Steamboat Willie that nobody remembers. I think that's Epic Mickey two. Okay, it was like the Power of Two or something e like that. This sorry, is sorry, sorry. Oh, here we go. Major Wee fan, Major Wee fan in the room. That oh, okay, witnessed all of this happen in real time. So first off, 
the game was released in November of 2010, not 2011. Whoa. Okay, we are never getting anything yeah. from Game Informer again. Uh, <laughs> second thing, the character in question is Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, which is a character that was created by Walt Disney before Mickey Mouse really rose to prominence. And basically, the story is based on this whole premise of Mickey Mouse being sort of like the 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 kind of like preferred son of the Walt Disney Corporation, the character that everyone loves and appreciates, and Oswald being the the prodigal child, the the child that time forgot, and him being jealous of uh, Mickey, but gradually coming to you know respect and work together with his brother to solve whatever crisis crisis they accidentally get involved in. I'm I'm sorry by the way, but somebody slammed a door really really loud. Wow, I did not uh, hear it upstairs, and I don't know why. Yeah, I guess it didn't, probably didn't register on your end. Uh, but yeah, there's actually, go and read up. I'm not going to go into the whole story on the podcast, but go and read up about the development of this game. Uh, because basically, at the time that they were developing Epic Mickey, um, Disney actually didn't have the rights to Oswald the oh. Lucky Rabbit. Uh, it's this weird story where, like, basically, uh, there was, like, some, like, executive or or it was like it was like a sports commenter on espn that like wanted to switch networks from like disney to something else and basically bob Iger came in and was like hey you can make that switch over to that other network but in exchange that other network they technically somehow own the rights to oswald the lucky rabbit because of weird trade negotiations made decades and decades ago we get oswald the lucky rabbit in exchange and because of that they were able to put him in this game and bring him back into the Disney fold. Interesting stuff. Yeah. I'll offer two, two things. One, I've looked at photos now of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, who looks basically identical to Steamboat Willie, but with rabbit ears instead of mouse ears and a rabbit tail. Uh, and my assumption is, based on I've not played the game or seen his jealousy or anything, my assumption is, is like we don't want kids associating this brand with rabbits because they fuck a lot. And so what doesn't fuck as much or is not known for fucking rats. They're known for wearing lipstick from cosmetic companies. Um, Mice even less than that because Mickey Mouse, you know. Second thing, as of January 2023, so a little over a year ago, um, Oswald is public domain now. So you can actually make a game Ooh. of him fucking. Shin Megami Tensei Five Vengeance coming June 21st. Um, I, I feel like I ask this every time. What is the relationship between Shin Megami Tensei and Persona? They have some Persona's kind of... Persona's the good like, one. One of them is a spinoff, right? Shin or, Megami Tensei was first. Persona's the spinoff, yes. but people don't... I'm not going to say people don't care about Shin Megami, but people like okay. Persona much more than Shin Megami. People, and like, here's the thing. I have nothing against Shin Megami Tensei fans. Y'all are great people. I appreciate <laughs> the fact that you're able to uh -oh. spawn the Persona series. But... It speaks to the just lack of like popularity and cultural penetration of the Shin Megami Tensei series as a whole across the globe that the Shin Megami Tensei series was basically doing the like monster collecting and battling thing like years before Pokemon, like many years before. And like nobody ever acknowledges Shin Megami Tensei is like, oh, yeah, that's the the game that originated that genre of RPG. Damn. You heard it here first. Alex hates Shin Megami Tensei fans. Star Wars Again, Battlefront Classic Collection. 
Uh, so this is the original Star Wars Battlefront 2 games, not the more controversial modern remakes. Not remakes, but new games. Uh, coming March 14th, the original games have been remastered and updated with features such as new playable characters kit. Sorry, new playable characters, Kit Fisto, and Asajj Ventress. And bonus maps, Java's Palace and Bespin. Bespin? Bespin. 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 Cloud City. And Yavin 4 Arena. Oh, boy. This one's yep. interesting. Yep. Because, yeah, these games were fun back in the day. It's interesting to bring those back. But then Adam had to do look in this into the in the story. Guess uh -oh. who's making these, Chad? Is it Adam's Aspire? Uh -oh. Yep. This is coming from Aspire. Motherfucker. Um, I mean, that's fine. They do remasters. They do ports. It'll be fine. The thing that sucks about this is that there is confirmed no cross-play. So everyone... because they Because it's, you know, there's, there's maps and multiplayer and all that stuff like that, but... You gotta all buy it on the same console, so where you can't play together, which is a little bit of a bummer. But at are least people back, really I guess. gonna be playing? Like, do people have a fondness for these games versus the new ones? Like, are are people gonna want to play these online with each other, or is this just I mean, gonna be nostalgia? Like... I don't know when they start playing it how they yeah, feel, I mean, but there's definitely a remembrance that these games were awesome back in the day. I feel like nostalgia is like, all right, we'll buy this and we'll play it twice on the couch together, and that's it, and we'll move on. So the Probably. maybe aspires like, listen, we don't know how to do online anyway. Or crossplay anyway, so we're just like not even going to invest the R and D to figure out how to do it because people are only going to play this for twenty minutes. Probably they're like people will play this have fun with their friends, and then we don't actually need to worry about anything else on the back end. It'd be cool, but yeah, it's not going to happen. So interesting, cool. I didn't, uh, I didn't become a Star Wars fan until uh, uh, Force Awakens came out, and then mm -hmm. I was like, oh yeah. shit, Star Wars is cool. There's lightsabers. Yeah, there are <laughs> lightsabers. Well, as, as a kid, I was just like. Why do these people have weird hair? <laughs> and uh, Sword Art Online, fractured <laughs> daydream. No, I think I think I remember seeing the original trilogy before I was old enough to comprehend what was going on in the original trilogy, and maybe I wasn't interested. And then my dad took us to go see the prequel, like the Phantom Menace, when it came out. I remember seeing that in theaters, and he was pumped for it. And I was like, "This is cool, I guess." I collected all the Coke cans. You had Pepsi. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. Pepsi, oh. Diet Pepsi, and Pepsi One, and they had all the different characters. And, you, and I remember going through the Battle grocery store and was like, "Mom, mm -hmm. I need an Anakin," and Mom was like, mm. "This thing of Diet Coke we got right here, that one has the one we need." She's like, "All right, let me rip the Diet Coke can off of that and put it on ours and swap out so that you get the collection you need." It's like, "You rock." Mom. My introduction to Star Wars is we had a uh, a family friend uh, that had like a cottage on a lake. Uh, that we would go up to like every like summer or so and he actually had like star wars episodes four five six and one on vhs because up until that point in time that's that were the only movies that had been released and uh, i will say to his credit i, I was like oh i want to start with episode one he's like no you should watch four five and six first and then one and so i want to say that i basically watched all four of them like one night after the other and then from there, see, my father had mentioned offhandedly that he had seen the old Star Wars movies way back in the day because, of course, he was a human being on planet Earth in the <laughs> 1970s and 80s. He'd gone to a movie theater and seen these movies. I didn't fully understand that, like, yes, he had seen these movies. It's not like he was a huge fan of them. Uh, but when I saw the DVD of Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones... Uh, on sale in, I must have been a Walmart or something, I instantly assumed, oh, well, this would be the perfect birthday person to get my dad because <laughs> he's mentioned uh, having watched and liked these movies in the past. 
Uh, and so that ended up being the Star Wars movie that I actually watched the most at home uh, for much of my childhood. I actually, oh my God, I, I um, like normally when you buy a DVD or a Blu-ray, you leave it in the shrink wrap for whoever you're gifting it to. If you're like giving it to them as a gift, I actually, I was so excited that I opened up the shrink wrap, <laughs> never actually played it. Like I didn't like put it in the DVD player. I, I never opened the box. Uh, but yeah, that was a whole, a whole to do. Love That's that. wild. Next up, I've been told we're going to pause on this one because Cozy's got another fan what? base to, to to piss off. You know, he, yeah, first he's talking about Cozy. how much he hates lesbians. No. And then he's talking about how much he hates Shin Megami Tensei fans. And now Sword Art Online Fractured Daydream 2024. This game is coming. You can play this either alone or with a friend in co-op. And you will tackle a distorted version of Sword Art Online that includes battling in 20-player raids against powerful enemies. What do you have to say, Alex? Um... <laughs> It's funny because it's actually kind of the opposite in this case, because Sword Art Online is one of those franchises that a lot of people love to hate on because the original season of that show kind of had like an infamously not great downturn in its second half that basically burned a lot of people and kind of perpetually set that franchise on this path of being kind of like a thing that a lot of people love to hate. Um Second half of its first season definitely has its problems. As a whole, I like that franchise. Not perfect, but it's dumb fun. Uh, and so much so that actually back in 2014, uh, shortly after I played Persona 4 Golden, one of the uh, next games that I got and played on my Vita was Sword Art Online Hollow Fragment. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on this podcast, uh, but basically it was like an enhanced version of an earlier game that had come out on the PSP surprisingly like a surprisingly ambitious game for the vita's hardware like it was like a surprisingly expansive like open 3d world that you could explore as like the various characters of the sword art online world uh not my favorite game on the platform could be very grindy and monotonous in spots but i was there was a seed of something really cool in that game and Ever since, I've wanted to check out some of these other Sword Art Online games because apparently they've only gotten better since then. Um, there are just so many games to play, so I don't know if I'll actually check out this one. All right. Uh, next one, I've been told we're going to pause here on this one, too. Oh, no. Gundam Breaker 4, coming in 2024. Build your Gundam, blow up other mechs, take, parts, uh, take their parts for your own, and repeat. Uh, Matt Vieira, Matt from Rhode Island, is a big Gundam <clears throat> guy. And he has also asked me for a third week in a row to please somebody join the Respawning Fire Guild or clan or whatever it is in Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. And he has said that he understands, Adam, that you have this, this agreement that when it goes on sale for like 20 bucks, you'll get it and you'll play with him. And he rebutted with, I don't think we have that kind of time. <laughs> the servers will still be up bud don't worry about it so I've, I've inserted that here towards the beginning of the episode in case anyone just didn't make it to the end of the last couple episodes and mm -hmm. didn't catch that so like here it is early on go join the respawning fire clan in suicide squad kill the justice league speaking of killing people super monkey ball banana rumble watch these little apes just Rip people apart in 28 days. <laughs> <laughs> Banana ball edition. <laughs> Coming June 25th. This is from Sega. You know, Super Monkey Ball. And if you don't, then you don't want to. World of Goo 2. Now this 
is an interesting one. I played World of Goo 1 back when it was a WiiWare game on oh, yeah. the Nintendo Wii. Uh, this sequel is coming May 23rd. It is console exclusive. It's a long-awaited sequel to the Switch uh, on Switch. Um, comes to Switch first as a console exclusive this May. Yeah. Any of y'all play World of Goo? Alex, I feel like as a, a big Wii uh, fan, yeah. you definitely had. Of course, to he it, did. Yeah, yeah. I, I played a little bit of it. It's um, it's never a game that I managed to complete because eventually you just get to a point where the structures in that game that you're making are so complicated. And I definitely was not. I was not at the age where I had the kind of patience to see it through. Um, but yeah, it's cool that we're getting a sequel. We'll see if I play it. Yeah, this is one of those. Just, I did not finish this either. I just, you know, I. Played it for maybe 30, 45 minutes. And this is before I realized I don't like puzzles. I just thought, mm -hmm. I don't like this game. I was like, oh, no, I'm not a puzzle boy. Uh, but yeah, WiiWare, huh? What a fun It's time. weird how they made a big deal about this announcement. Like, we're bringing back World of Goo after 15 years. I'm like, what is it? And then random discords would be like, oh, yo, so they're bringing back World of Goo? I was it like, was like the premiere. Like, it was the WiiWare game. Like it would every that was like one of three really big hits. Everything else was just like mm -hmm. you know garbage. But yeah. the the original game came out in two thousand eight, the same year that we saw Mario Kart. What was it? Mario Kart Wii and Super Smash Bros. Brawl also release on the Wii. And I want to say that IGN and like a couple of other outlets gave uh, World of Goo Game of the Year over that games. They're like, yeah, wow. this like small scale WiiWare game better than like some of nintendo's biggest like triple a ip and like wow i can definitely see the definitely see it's a bold choice but i can definitely see it so we are never getting news from game and from her again and we are definitely not getting news from ign now that we know that they just don't know what they're talking about fantasy life lowercase i colon the girl who seals time coming october 10th another crab's treasure coming april 25th this is that that dark souls crab game you wanna you wanna go out there and you wanna crab around and snippety snap on some big bosses? You can do that now. <laughs> yeah. April twenty fifth. I'm very excited. I'm excited for this one. I'm really, really looking forward to it. The the demos and stuff have been cool, and I think that they. I don't remember if it was real or if it was a meme, but there's like an easy mode. Like there's a bunch of accessibility options in case like it's too tough or whatever. And I think one of the accessibility options is they just give the crab a gun. <laughs> you just like shoot bosses like three times and they're dead. I'm very excited for this game. Yeah. I love the the idea. First of all, there's a sentence here. This involves, um, sorry, as a hermit crab who's lost in its shell, you're on an adventure to reclaim it. This involves using any piece of trash in a polluted ocean as a temporary shell, each with different abilities. And um, just the thought of like, what is crab trash? Oh, it's a gun that you found in the ocean because of the world today. That's great. It's like a plastic cup and a gun, you know, <laughs> <laughs> a spoon, a fork. And uh, nacho cheese container or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's good stuff. Penny's Big Breakaway is actually out now. This is a, throw to, a throwback 3D platformer from the makers of Sonic Mania. And you can play it right now on your Nintendo Switch. Come on, you sicko. Talk about it. We know you want to play it, Cozy, or you probably already <laughs> have. Um, this game, I mean, it looks like really fun. I, I feel like mechanically there's something just incredibly satisfying about watching that yo-yo uh, get thrown out and about. Uh, I have not played it, though. And given that I am deadlocked in trying to complete uh, this month's uh, barf game, I don't know when I'm going to get to this one. We'll see. 
Suica Game Multiplayer Mode Expansion. The adorable and hard-to-put-down fruit matching game gets paid DLC that adds a local two-player battle mode. Oh, who can match strawberries faster? And the eventual addition of online multiplayer. Pepper Grinder! Oh, is this the one where you're... This is the, the diggy, diggy Do drill you get, like, girl? like a drill? Yeah, 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 drill, yeah, yeah. Drill girl. March 28th. Demo out now. Uh, yes, that drill-centric platformer looks great, says Game Informer. Uh, if you checked out its recent Steam Next Fest demo, plays just as good, apparently. Pocket card drop. Realistically, sorry, go ahead. I just want to say real quick, we, we talked about this game a couple of podcasts back because Adam played it as part of Steam Next Fest. I mean, realistically, this is probably the game on this list that I will probably play soonest of any of the games we've discussed today, just because it looks real fun and relatively short, which are both winners in my book. Yeah, 100%. Pocket Card Jockey colon ride on exclamation point is also out now on Nintendo Switch. Uh, this used to be an iOS exclusive sequel to Pocket Card Jockey and now coming to a home Nintendo console near you. Contra Operation Galuga, March 12th, demo out now. Rare games on Switch Online. Not rare replay games, but games from Rare yeah. in a separate kind of collection are now on Switch Online. This includes Snake. Rattle and Roll, RC Pro-Am, Battletoads and Battle Maniacs, Killer Instinct, and Blast Core. And Adam, this could have helped us a lot last night. <laughs> I don't think it would have helped us at all, unfortunately. <laughs> well, th three of these games were in that trivia. That's but true. But you're right. I would, I would, maybe I would have seen a screenshot and realized, oh no, what was that? Baby Bullet, ba Baby Shooter, <laughs> Baby Head, or whatever. Baby Head. You're right. Baby Head. Then I'd be like, oh, I saw a screenshot of Snake Rattle and Roll. There's obviously no Baby Head in it. Unless that was the one that did have baby head. Uh, overall, uh, overall, this partner direct was solid, but this was definitely my biggest disappointment that it seemed like they were queuing it up to be the reveal that rare replay in its entirety was coming to Nintendo Switch Online. And then, oh, bait and switch. It's actually just these four random rare games, not necessarily bad games. I know there are a lot of people that like Battletoads, Killer Instinct, uh, RC Pro-Am, like not not necessarily a bad selection of games, not necessarily a throwaway selection of games, but could have could have been that much more. It's just impressive. another another entry in the calendar of things nobody actually gives a shit about that are coming to Nintendo Switch Online, and another you know bullet in the clip of people saying, "Give me what I want, Nintendo," and they're saying, "No, we'll keep all the cool shit and give you the trash, and we'll just slowly roll it out every few months." How about Crab Mother 3 for somebody else? Remember that? I, uh, I want to get to this yeah. last one. Yeah, go for it. Endless Ocean Luminous, May 2nd. New Endless Ocean title plunges players into an ever-changing open ocean. You can dive alone or alongside of 30 players online where you'll encounter 500 species. Sorry, somebody was, an anonymous alligator was covering up the, the text. 500 species Whoa. of marine life, including extinct creatures. Back in the day, back when I was a Nintendo Wii fiend, Ooh. back when I was when competing stop? with Xbox and PlayStation fans online over the, the endless squabbles of the console wars that we used to have back in the day, I would point to the endless ocean games on the Wii as examples of like, yo, yo, you guys are saying that the Wii doesn't have any games, but look at the endless ocean games. Those games are both on the Wii. There's two of them, and they're both really highly rated, all of which was true. I wasn't lying, but also 
never in a million years would I, was I actually ever interested in playing these games myself. Like, I was content to be like, oh man, I will prop these up and use these as arguments to fight my console wars, but like, n- not actually interested in playing Classic them. online commenter, Cozy. <laughs> Cozy, though. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how the console wars work. And that's it for the Nintendo Direct Partner Showcase. Lots of games for you to go look at and demo and get excited for. Mm-hmm. Before we move on to playtime, we have an update. Adam has texted Cozy's dad. <laughs> Cozy's dad smuggled their 2007 Subaru across the border, and that's why he doesn't want to buy a new one because that apparently, I'm assuming this next part was such a like arduous and scarring experience dealing with the U.S. Border Patrol trying to avoid them, you know, Metal Gear Solid style. You see the Border Patrol and you see their cone of vision, and he's trying to get a fucking Subaru past him. And so that was really difficult, and that's why they now have a 2007 Subaru, because it's difficult to sneak that back across the country line. Moving on to Playtime, where we talk about what we played this week. Playtime starts this week with uh, Adam. Define some letters for me. What do you got here, B&H? All right. B&H uh, photo. Well, what is Is that a reference? That is a major distributor uh, and storefront for photography and videography equipment uh, if it's not kodak i don't care um, they sell so kodak. F- oh well there you go they're <laughs> back on my good list uh no so the first thing i play was baltero 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 nope balatro balatro that's probably exactly <laughs> what it said uh yeah no so i've been playing balatro i got a code for review uh having a ton of fun with that it's i talked about it because i played the steam demo and then I was on Twitter and saw the PR guy. I was like, hey, who wants it? And I'm like, this guy. Um, so I got it. Played about eight hours the first day I had it. Uh, played about 15 hours in six days. Holy shit. All right. Uh, and it's excellent. It is fantastic. I will say there's full thoughts. By the time you're listening to this on podcast, there should already be a podcast and a video. I had uh, Roger Reihark from Roger Reich- Roger from Gamerhead's podcast <laughs> came on and... Uh, Reviewed Baltero. Baltero. Balatro. Balatro. With I think you're, yeah, you're, you're swapping an A and an R in there. I, think. <laughs> I can't do it right now. Uh, but yeah, no, we reviewed that game. There's a review up right now on YouTube and podcast services, and we talk about it for, I think it's like almost 20, 30 minutes or so. It's a fantastic game. Awesome. Love it so much. It's a sleeper hit. People are super into it. Scored well. It's just like, yeah, it's it seems like, oh, it's just poker hands, but it's a roguelike, but there's more to it, and it's a lot more fun. And even that simple idea is like, why didn't someone else think of this already? So it's great. People check it out. It's like 15 bucks. It's on literally every console. Um, is this, like, it. don't spoil it, but spoil it a little bit, but don't spoil it. Is this one of those, like, you know, you know, is this one of those, <laughs> like, play this game, it looks like poker, but then it's not poker? Oh, like you get into it and you're like, oh, fuck, this is actually like, I don't know, a Quentin Tarantino movie. No, no, no. Cards. This is, it, seem, it is poker. Okay. But then it's like, I would say it has that twist in that it's more fun. It's like, okay, yeah, you definitely, the game is like, I'm playing okay. poker hands. Okay. But then they're okay. like, hey, here's a bunch of jokers that just break break the video game. It's like, oh, hey, do this and you win. It, it, it Every run gives you a cool modifier that seems like it would break the game. And then you just do that over and over again, and it's addicting and it's super really good. Does the core gameplay like stay relatively the same throughout the entire experience? 
Yes, relatively the same okay. Okay. from what okay. I've experienced so far. It is just like, again, your grandma would love it. Like my grandma literally played Canasta every day for three hours a day till the day she died. And I can see why. Because like, oh yeah, card games are fun. But then they also give you the video game part of it. Where it's like, you couldn't do this in real life, but here's some bullshit. Just spice it up. It's excellent. Everyone check it out. All right. Um, and then I also played Helldivers on the beach with uh, yeah. with the crew, including Chad um, and Joel. Progressy. Actually, I don't know. Did we ever actually play a game together? No, you bounced out. That's right. I didn't. I didn't bounce out. I tried to join in, and there were too many people. Yeah. Oh no, we did do one together, and then you you got kicked. Yeah, and then Kenny took your spot. No, and then Andre took your spot, and then Kenny got kicked, and then you took Kenny's spot. Basically, everyone got online at the same time, and we just had to make two yeah, groups. Yeah, and we had to split and make two groups, yeah. And I was like, uh, I, can't, yeah. I can't do all this voice chat with two separate games running at once. We got to switch parties, too. <laughs> it's real easy. Just switch your game. But no, we played that, played with uh, Joel, figured out where he got his generational wealth from. Um, played oh, where with, did that uh, come from? Solve that mystery. It's a secret. I'll tell you later. Dodge Ram. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the whole crew was on there playing. Raph Hack having a good time. Love Helldivers. Excellent game. Keep playing that forever. It's good time. Let me tell you, last week, I, I had mentioned I played Helldivers for zero minutes. I watched the intro video, and then I couldn't get on the servers. Fast forward one week, and I'm like, holy shit, this is my life. This game is my life now. <laughs> and I'm always thinking about Helldivers, and I always want to be diving in hell, and I always want to be shooting robots, and I always want to be killing bugs. And I spread democracy all over their faces. I, this game reminds me so much of 2020 in a big way. Not the pandemic, not COVID, not all the deaths, not the almost civil war that happened. Although this kind of reminds me of that, a little bit war. But no, this reminds me of Warzone. Reminds me, when, when Warzone came out, free to play, this is not free to play, but everyone was playing Warzone. It was literally like every single night. The crew would get online, we'd be shooting people, getting dubs, powering up our weapons, and this feels like that. And maybe it's just because for the first time in a long time, all of us are playing the same game and we're all super sucked into it at the same time. It is literally like there are people playing right now. Matt and Audrey and Dallas and Joel are all playing right now and I'm recording this podcast here. And in my brain, I'm trying to like force my PlayStation to turn on and remote play into my eyes and I can't. Um, Do I need to finally just bite the bullet and get this game? Oh, Alex. I, I, I still gotta... I mean, I'm committing to Castlevania. I gotta get that over with, Alex, but... Let me let me let you in on a secret. There is a 10-hour and 12-minute YouTube video of a playthrough of Castlevania Lords of Shadow that you can watch on 2x speed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and instead... We're not, that game's not even long. I beat that game in like, like 14 hours. What are you guys going through? I played 90 Adam? minutes of it, and I'm I'm like two-thirds of the way through this YouTube video. <laughs> I mean, I've watched YouTube videos for Barf before. I get it. I know that normally I know that normally we save our thoughts for when we do the proper review of this, but Adam, you are living in a time bubble where time does not exist because you could not have beaten that game so quickly so as to call it short. You yeah. are a liar. Yeah. You know, how long, how long to beat have, is literally 17 hours. On he how doesn't long have the impending weight, the dilly dally shilly shally of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. That's true. I also up. don't care about Final Fantasy. That's also true. I right? have extra time. So you and yeah. I are like, fuck, our lives are going to end in six days. We have to get in everything that we can right now. So I can't be, I can't be, I have to watch 2x speed, Castlevania speed run throughs while I eat my lunch over the coffee table, hoping I was watching something better. 
so that I can play and, Helldivers and at to... night with the crew. <laughs> because I, I know on say, Friday, to... we're not going to be playing Helldivers anymore. At least I won't for the first 70 hours of the weekend. And then I'll be like, all right, I'm ready to play Helldivers. And everyone's like, I'm playing Final Fantasy. And I don't know if we'll ever come back to Helldivers. I'm sure we will. But I don't know what's going to happen oh, after man. Friday. So I have to soak it up now. And I have to keep scrubbing ahead in the video so I can see the solutions to the puzzles that don't make any sense in this game. <laughs> That's part of the reason why <sighs> I watch the video. <laughs> I am going to grab some water. I'll be All right, right back. bye, Goose. Uh, uh, I'll say goose. Some, a little bit more about Helldivers. I had the realization last night, and part of what is, is this game, the gameplay loop is fun. The progression, although it's starting to slow, is is fast enough to like, oh man, I can't wait to you know get a few more credits to unlock this, or I can't wait to reach level 13 to get this eagle strike, or whatever it might be. Like that, that is still progressing at a fast enough pace that I'm in, that I'm I'm hooked. Playing with friends is fun. Playing with randos not so fun. But the thing that really like gave my brain a boner last night was I had the realization that we're fighting these automatons, right? Like there's the the bugs over what do they call them terminids Ter something yeah terminids yeah, yeah so there's the bugs over on the right half of the map and you could go do missions and kill bugs if you're a person who hates democracy and you want to spread i don't know communism across the world but on the left side there's this main objective that has just been hanging out for about two weeks and we've got a few days left of it we got to you know like defend zones uh eight times uh from these from these robots automatons and I had the realization last night that, like, that's not just a bounty. I'm used to in Destiny, like, oh, yeah, go complete this public event three times and kill the boss four times of this fucking coil run. It was like, cool, I, I, I know those things, check a box, get a reward. But no, I'm realizing that this is the, we are creating the story of this game in real time as a community. And so if we don't fight off this robot invasion which it looks like I, I don't know we could we could not it is it is kind of still up in the air like that has implications on what happens next is there a different race of of enemies that we that are born that we start fighting do we suddenly are they getting closer to earth does that have impending implications that's redundant redundant but like the fact that I, that i was like oh where's the story in this game oh there's not much i was like oh fuck no i'm playing the story in real time we were spending two weeks fighting this robot front in this war for democracy. And we'll find out what happens next. And that just like gave my brain a big old gushing rush of boner blood. Okay, I was wondering what I was going to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was, it was going to be something about, you know, vaginas. Oh, come and on. That was a big old gushing rush, and it was going to be something. And then I was like, mm, that's too graphic. So then I said boner yeah. blood, which still works because that's how <laughs> boners works. work is a rush of blood to your penis. But then I was like, it doesn't matter. We still ended in the same spot. So yeah, it's true. A rush of blood to your penis. Yeah, it's the Coldplay <laughs> album. Well, the, the, the B side. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Technically, there's this a rush of blood to the head, which also describes what happens during a boner. So uh, that's it. Yeah, Helldivers. Big fan. Big fan. I am hoping that Final Fantasy VII Rebirth comes out. I devote my life to that and quit my job for like a week and a half. And then my job is there waiting for me when I get back, maybe. And then something big story-wide has unfolded in Helldivers that... And like, all right, it's time to jump back in and fight a new race of enemies or complete this new whatever the mission is. So I'm pumped. I'm also excited for the fucking cosmetics 
to be much cooler than they are. Yeah, we are lacking fine. lacking cosmetics right now. They are all very samey with like, oh, this one has a yellow stripe on it. Mm. It's like cool, whatever. The stormtrooper armor. It's like this one's white with a gold. There's yeah. some good ones, but yeah, you gotta pay for it. Especially the capes. All the capes are like way, 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 way too similar. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll. You're done with yours, right? I'll continue on with my last couple ones and I'll end with PG so that Alex can talk. Uh, we've already talked about Castles of Avania, Lords of Shadow, which is my CLS. Uh, so PG, Pokemon Go. Um, this week was Sinnoh Tor. Pokemon Go, Sinnoh Tor. Yes. Pokemon Tor Sinnoh? Pokemon Go. It, some, it was some arrangement of those three words. Pokemon you got, Go I'm store. a Sinnoh, I'm a saint. Um, Y'all. I... I'm the proud, I was going to say owner, that sounds a little slavish. I am the proud companion to a shiny origin form Dialga with near perfect stats who has yeah. the rare Roar of Time move, which is not guaranteed because I chose the Palkia route in this Pokemon Go uh, event, which means all of my Palkia's origin form get Spatial Rend as their special move, but I only ever caught two Dialgas with this special move out of the like, a hundred probably that I caught because I, yes, I spent $40 on remote raid passes this week, even though I was in a place bopping with raids. There were like literally a dozen gyms in this two block radius that I was going around. And there were dozens of people out there uh, just going from gym to gym to gym, but I couldn't keep up with them fast enough. So I would catch a Dialga and then they had already started the next one and the lobby was almost done. I had to, so I was like, all right, let me remote raid to these things. I caught so many of these fuckers and it was so good and I have so much candy now and I'm going to level these bitches up until they're the best bitches on the planet. Uh, had a great old time. And I was also, rem I was very happy to see that they did not put a cap on remote raid uses because last weekend, remember last weekend I was in Las Vegas, Los Angeles, sorry, one of the other L's. I was in Los Angeles uh, at Super Nintendo World and I was like, oh, look, this is happening down here only in Los Angeles. And then I wasted my, I think it was five, you get five remote raids a day. I wasted my five on like regular versions of these things, aside from two, rather than the origin forms. So this time they're like, no cap on remote raid passes for this weekend. And they were so smart because I did spend 40 in-game American dollars Wow. On, on remote raid passes. But God, I, I and I also while you're in person, if you're at a raid in person at a gym with somebody after the after the raid, you can just go down the list of people who are in it and hit plus to add them as friends. And so I did that after like, you know, four or five raids. And now I suddenly have 100 new people on my friends list and they all started inviting me to raids even while I was standing right beside them. I was like, you know what? I spent three hours out here doing God's work. I'm going to go home and sit on my couch and just continue to remote raid from my couch while they continue to invite me. So I had a very, Smart. very good weekend. Chad, I realized something. It, we, we've talked about Pokemon Go a fair bit on this podcast in the past. I've never asked you, what level are you at in game? I am 43 and a half years old in game. Oh, really? Yeah. I also just See, realized <laughs> in real life that we, uh, yesterday that you and I are not Pokemon Go friends. Oh. We need to become Pokemon Go friends, especially if we're looking to trade in a month when we're at PAX, because that's going to cost hella Stardust if we're not. Okay. Uh, my Pokemon Go name, I don't mind just saying it out loud. Well, it doesn't work. It doesn't work bear with way. a Y. I, I got to type in your oh, no. 16 digit code or something. So just text it to uh, me. Right yeah. Okay. Well, we'll figure it out. Uh, I will say, I mean, 
that's a lot of money. I was expecting your level to be a little bit higher if you were spending $40 a day <laughs> no, on this event. Uh, no, I, I only did it one day. I didn't do any today because I was like, I got enough okay. of these bitches yesterday. Um, but I'm not usually a raid person. Like, I don't, I do what I got to do to like catch the one this time. And uh, cool, I got the three star version of that Pokemon. I'll move on. So, and I also am not usually a sending gifts back and forth all the time kind of person. So, once you hit 40, mm. it's real hard to get enough experience points to get up in level unless you are constantly raiding and sending gifts and becoming friends with people. Yeah. I uh, I, I did most of my Pokemon Go Sinnoh Tour stuff today. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get a Dialga with Roar of Time, but I did catch I an extra for a you. shiny... Ooh, thank you, Chad. Maybe that's what I'll ask in exchange for uh, the Decidueye. Yes, please. Um, I did get a shiny as elf which i was very very happy to encounter because um one the like three uh like kind of fairy sprite pokemon of gen 4 as elf mesprit and yuxi are like normally super duper hard to get you have to like be near a body of water they only appear for one potential ball catch and if they escape it they immediately flee and also they all only inhabit like different sections of the globe so really hard to get them um also way back in the day in my copy of pokemon platinum i actually got total luck of the draw a shiny as elf in yeah. that game as well and i lost it because several years later i transferred a bunch of pokemon to a copy of pokemon omega ruby that i actually lost on the montreal metro <gasps> and so it was cool to regain a cool shiny legendary that i had not had in many years digital for life baby yeah it was before pokemon home and all that no. stuff or maybe it was no i think it might have actually been after they introduced the earlier iteration of pokemon home but i wasn't very i wasn't very fastidious of not fastidious Wrong word. Fastidious. Judicious. Judicious. Fastidious. Yeah. Fastidious, judicious, not very whatever you whatever word you want to use of getting the Pokemon on the cloud and, you know, safekeeping them there. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. Uh Alex, do you have anything else you'd like to say about Lords of Shadow or Pokemon Go? No. I mean, that's pretty much the extent of what my Pokemon Go activities have been like. And yeah, I will do my best to save my lords of shadow thoughts for next week i'm really excited to hear what brian has to say about lords of shadow <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like yeah he's the biggest wild card of us oh, like i, don't I think know, like, in general gonna... as a human being he's the biggest wild card of everybody here's for sure here's the for thing sure. i know it seems like from this conversation that i am not enjoying lords of shadow but i am enjoying it a lot more than other games that we played last year and I'm watching the video for other reasons. Dun, dun, dun. Find out Ooh. next time on Survivor. Yeah. Let's move on and include Adam in the conversation a little bit more now with The Elden Lord Returns. This comes from Tom Ivan at VGC, Video Games Chronicle. We don't often hear that. So I just want to associate those names with each other. VGC, Video Games Chronicle. Mm -hmm. Bandai Namco, formerly Namkai Bando, <laughs> Namco Bandai, and From Software have released the debut trailer for Elden Ring's highly anticipated expansion, Shadow of the Erd Tree. Trailer has confirmed that the DLC will release on June 21st, 2024, giving you plenty of time to beat the final shape and kill the witness in the raid. 
According to its official website, this expansion will introduce a new story, a new world, and deeper RPG features. Players will require the base games. So you have to have Elden Ring. I all every I literally in our go live notification, in our tweet, I typed Elden Lord and then had to backspace Elden Lord and write Elden Ring. Uh, so yes, you have to have Elden Ring to play Shadow of the Erd Tree. It is now available available to pre-order in several editions, the cheapest of which starts at $39.99 American dollars. Here's a quote. Elden Ring Shadow of the Erd Tree takes players beyond the lands between to explore the Land of Shadow, a completely new world from Elden Ring. Reads a description on the official site. It goes on to say, Shadow of the Erd Tree adds new weapons, equipment, weapon skills, and magic not found in the base game Elden Ring, along with new enemies, boss encounters, and plot lines to further increase players' RPG freedom. Take it, Adam. I'm just excited. I was waiting for it. They normally get their expansions in about a year, so they take... Obviously, this is much bigger being an open-world game. I'm just excited for it, because this thing is that, like... I was so good at Elden Ring, right? Like, shockingly Mm -hmm. amazing at it. (laughs) So I'm ready to go back for the DLC. Maybe start up a new character, maybe not. And just beat the shit out of this one, too, because I am the Elden Lord. It's just nice for the Lord to have more things to do. Do we know if this DLC is going to be similar to, like, the Bloodborne one, where... In order to get to it, you have to get like halfway through the main game. Yes, there is a specific boss fight, and then there's a thing that happens after the boss fight. That is how you get into the DLC. Got it. Okay. So, so you might have yes. to roll a new character or do New Game Plus or something, right? Well, I already have a New Game Plus going, so you I could either go plus to my plus. first save or, or my New yeah, Game there Plus. You go. Yeah, yeah, we figured it out. Very exciting. Very happy for um, Fantasy Critic as well. I'm not. I'm not gonna have time to play Elden Ring before this comes out, so I might just never get to this. But I'm happy y'all are happy. I'm ready for them. Adam, if you want to, (laughs) if you want to, you still have your three Adam picks for this year where Mm -hmm. you can say, Cozy, you gotta play this game. You can use that on Shadow of the Earth Tree, and I will be obliged to play both the base game and Shadow. Just putting that out there. Yeah. Remember, you're also doing that for Prince of Persia, and I, I, I volunteer. I no, voluntarily it was, it was the, uh, put Prince of Persia, the guy who lost his in, dad. Game is no, coming out. That one he has to do because if he doesn't, he hates black people. Tells the Gonzalo that's, 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 that's right. That's right. And the Prince of Persia game, I want it on the record. That one I voluntarily put in my shopping cart on the PlayStation Network store. I'm doing that yes. not because Adam asked me, but because I was like, this seems like something I should play that I'm. Making my own decision on. Very cool. I probably so, Adam still has his three. Uh, yeah, I probably won't because even as much as I love Elden Ring, asking you to play 170 hours of a video game is quite <laughs> a lot. So I probably won't make you do that one, but I, I will be interested in it, yes. That wraps up request log and brings us to our segment from Adam. I was trying to figure out like what does an Elden Ring song sound like? I was like, is there music in Elden Ring? I don't know. Oh, yeah, probably weird music. monsters. That's that's it. There are monsters in it. Weird monsters. All right, <laughs> guys, I'm excited. Chad, you mentioned it last week, this week, whenever it was. We got a Kevin Bacon. This is Adam's favorite thing of all time. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon is being John yes. Malkovich. Borderlands edition because hey, we got the <gasps> Borderlands trailer earlier this week. We did. We did. It's got, it, I'm I'm cautiously excited for that movie. Looks like silly fun with an amazing cast. Yeah. Honestly. 100%. That's what 
I can get down with that. But speaking of amazing cast, I'm like, oh, okay, so Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon being John Malkovich, that classic game where this actor was in this thing with this, with, who was in that thing with that, who was the director of that thing, that person has a video game credit. What is the video game? That's basically the idea. So these are all people from the Borderlands movie, and we're going to wrap it back into video games. Are they hard and obtuse? Only time will tell. Let's hope. All right. Number one. And by the way, well, there's a, there's a little a couple twists here and there. I'll explain whenever we get there. So Kevin Hart is starring mm -hmm. as Roland. He has a massive amount of credits. Obviously, Kevin Hart's very successful, very famous, done a lot of things. Right. Uh, I could easily connect him to any actor in the world, basically, with the amount of credits he has. But I'm choosing one person in particular. I am choosing his co-star in the prison comedy, Get Hard, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, all right, all right. Was the man in that movie. <laughs> Will Ferrell has two video game credits, both based on animated movies he appeared mm -hmm. in. One answer is easier than the other. So, Megamind. Well, give me, let me finish it. Incorrect, oh, by the way. Uh, no, you're good. Incorrect. So, one answer is easier than the other. So, I'll allow a steal if somebody can guess the harder one compared to the easier one. But think, think about it, clear the mechanism. Will Ferrell mm. has two video game credits. Both based on animated movies he was in, one is easy, one is hard. If you get the easy one, I'll let the other person steal if they can guess the hard one. But go ahead. Will Ferrell, two video game credits. What are they? I just need one, but the harder one wins automatically. And you said Megamind was not one of the answers. Megamind is not correct. No. Okay. The Lego movie video game. That is correct. Mm. There is a harder one out there. So, Chad, if you can, I'll give you three guesses. If okay. you can come up with the other credit that he has for video games i'll let you still the lego point. movie ninjago game no incorrect you can do it Chad. will ferrell animated movies uh -huh. that he voiced uh -huh. in the video games mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you got two more but um the lego batman movie game no no incorrect. damn why did he not return for any of the lego movie sequels <laughs> uh last guess Animated Will Ferrell movies. I can't think of anything other than, I guess we'll say, was there a video game version of Sausage Party? Was he in that movie? <laughs> no, he was not in Sausage Party. Oh, Cozy, okay. you can laugh now. You get the point. The other answer yeah. was Curious George. He was in the video game version of Curious uh -huh. George. He was in, there was the movie that he was in. Was Curious George. There's an animated George? movie, Curious George. And yeah, no, he's, I, I did not know he's the man in the yellow hat. He was in that movie. Yeah. Did not know they made a video game. He's, yeah, the, he's man the man in the yellow, yellow hat in that movie? Yeah, in the animated movie. Oh, or, you just never maybe see his he was hat in your space, do you? No. Was that live action or oh, animated? Will Ferrell is in a Curious George movie and he's in the video game. Uh, very cool. All right. Cozy, you got a point. Put a. Um, what yeah, that was, that was like 2D animation. Yeah, you yeah, 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 okay. Animation, yeah, yeah. Jack Black mm -hmm. is the voice of Claptrap. Yes, he is. Making this a sort of uh, Jumanji reunion for him and Kevin Hart. Mm -hmm. Speaking mm -hmm. of Jumanji, that movie also stars... Guys, that movie also stars Jumanji. There's Robin the Williams. There's uh, Jack Black. There's I Kevin Hart. There's, I love how he said Robin Williams. I'm obviously talking about the Jack I mean, Black, yeah, Robin Kevin Williams. Hart version. The, the kid that gets turned into the half monkey right. uh, okay. because he That's disrespects the, the rules of the game. you seen that trailer for Monkey Man? 
Yeah, it looks that good. movie looks I have. awesome. Good, good trailer. By the way, yes, it's right. Karen Gillan is also in Jumanji with Kevin oh, yeah, Hart. Karen Gillan, and, yep. Uh, yep, and Jack Black. Um, interesting enough, Karen Gillan actually had video game credits before she was even in Jumanji. So the, Why do you say it like frame. my mom? <laughs> what, Jumanji? Jumanji. No, that's how uh, Reese Darby says it. He says, welcome to Jumanji. That's the guy from uh, oh, okay. Our Flag Means Death. Uh, so, Karen Gillan was in the video <laughs> game credit. 63 in the chat says, I'm sorry, did you say Jumanji? <laughs> Jumanji, yeah. that's what it is. Um, Karen Gillan. Game Did you say Sudoku as well instead of Sudoku? Sudoku was Let him speak. Let <laughs> him get through it. <laughs> Name the property. I need my points. Those games are based on that. Karen, so Karen Gillan's Gillen, in. Karen Gillan is in a bunch of video games before Jumanji. Uh, and then what is the uh -huh. property? Those games are based on. Fun fact: the one of them was created by Sumo Digital. Okay, but the majority of the games are exclusive to Nintendo consoles. So what uh, franchise was she in that she has her only video game credits for? And it is a franchise, like, a big thing that she is in. And Yeah. There are three uh, video games, one of them made by Sumo Digital. Two of them are... One is the Marvel DS Ultimate game, one Alliance is Alliance 3 on Nintendo Switch. No, that is not on DS or Wii. <laughs> oh, shit, balls. Ass fuck damn hell, bitch. Think of franchises. Karen Gillan. Think of who she is as a person. Franchises Karen Gillan could have been Sonic. In. Is it in Sonic? Nope. I don't know why you think no. she's in Sonic. <laughs> Sumo Digital worked on okay, you're right. some of the fair, Sonic fair, games. Fair. No. And there were a bunch of Sonic games on Nintendo she consoles. Plays, mm -hmm. She plays Gamora's sister, Blue Girl, on the, in the yes. Avengers, right? Okay. She's in Nebula, mixed, yeah. You know, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's blue her, girl. but she's blue, and I can't remember. I can't see it. No. Okay. That's correct. Something else before that. I will say Oof. she's a European actor. Maybe that helps. Hmm. See, the problem is, is I'm going through all the games that Sumo Digital have worked on, and it's like, I mostly know the ones that are like PlayStation ones. Maybe don't get like, hung up they, on that, because it's probably going to lead you astray. How about a James Bond oh, really? game? James Bond 007? No, good guess, but no. Okay. Good guess, but no. You're in the right uh, realm, though. You definitely have a right idea. Karen Gillan was in a franchise. Born Identity. No, it is European. Okay. Uh, it's popular with the Europeans. Uh, Bone identity. Mm. I was gonna say Austin <laughs> Powers, but I don't think that Europeans. I think they're insulted by that no. more than anything. British people specifically really like this franchise. Karen Gillan was in it. Oh, uh, uh, oh, uh, Doctor Who. Paddington Bear. Good job, Chad. She has three voice acting credits oh. for Doctor Who because she was in Doctor Who. That's was she, I knew that. Is she actually. the like the That's trash right. can that walks around with blue blue blazers? <laughs> No, I think she's one of the buddies. <laughs> I don't, oh, okay. Whatever. By the way, Sumo Digital made like an episodic game based on like three episodes of that show. I, I don't know why. I remember yeah. that now. Yeah, yeah. Next up. So that's one for Chad and one for Cozy. And it is Jumanji. I don't want to hear anything, Joel. <laughs> All right. Kate Blanchett stars as Lilith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kate mm -hmm. Blanchett, amazing Lady body Galadriel. of work. Uh, all of that, yeah. Uh, she has an amazing body of work. But for this segment, I want to focus on Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Is it because of Taika Waititi connection? I hope so. Nope. It's Tom oh. Hiddleston. Okay, T. Hiddle. Are you curious about Tom Hiddleston's gaming credits, perhaps? Mm-mm. Too bad. This is much easier and yet sillier at the exact same time. Okay. Tom Hiddleston briefly dated Taylor Swift, who is currently okay. dating mm -hmm. NFL star Travis Kelsey. How okay. many times has a player from Travis Kelsey's team appeared on the cover of Madden? You guys Three. get to guess one at a time. Three back times. and forth. We don't, 
No, no. You guys are gonna guess one at a time. Four. Chill. I still not done. Five times. Okay. Two. How many times? <laughs> let me. Six how many times has a player from Travis Kelsey's team appeared on the cover of Madden? I need the team name and how many times. So you guys can now start guessing. I ignored everything you said before. Four the Bengals. Amount of times. No, not four Bengals. Kelsey, you can guess. Oh, neither one of you know football. So go guess as throw them out as much as you want because neither one of you know football. Three, Three. Kansas City Chiefs. Nope. Two Kansas City Two. Chiefs. Uh, good job, um, Chad, because you said the team name. Because he just said a number. Because you had the number, but you didn't say the team name. Can I get half points for that? Sure. Chad has two points. Cozy has one and a half points. Oh, yeah. There we baby. go. We'll do that. All right. Next up, Ariana Greenblatt stars as Tiny mm. Tina. Uh, this up and coming star has done a lot of work. She's in Barbie. She's done a lot of stuff with Disney. Uh, she- Wait, hold on. Oh, hold on. Time out. Time out. She's in Barbie. Yeah. Okay. Well, time out. Time out. When you said Ariana Greenblatt, I thought you were making fun of Ariana Grande. I thought you were like, oh, yeah, Ariana Greenblatt, famous singer. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, no, wait. You're talking about someone completely <laughs> no, different. She's the little. So she, well, we'll talk about it in a second, but she's in Disney stuff. She's in Barbie. She's like the little girl in Barbie, little girl, the teenager. Okay. Um, She's appeared in Marvel uh, in Avengers and Star Wars. Her Star Wars appearance is in the TV show Ahsoka, where she plays the teenage version of the title character. Rosaria Dawson okay. plays the adult version of that same character, mm-hmm. being Ahsoka. Also the Night um, Nurse in Daredevil 3. There you go. Rosario Dawson has a good number of video game credits. Mm-hmm. Name mm-hmm. one of them. A steal is allowed if you can guess one of her licensed video game acting credits. So Rosario Dawson, what video games is she is? If one of you can guess a licensed video game she in, you can steal the point from the other person. But I just need Rosario Dawson credits. I feel like for some reason I think it was a Walking Dead Telltale game she was in. I'm looking at it now. She is not in a Walking to uh, Walking Dead Telltale okay. game. What's funny is I've definitely heard mention of a game that she was in at some point. Mm-hmm. Nothing's coming to mind though. Come on. Was there a video game made off of the Oscar-winning movie Crash? No, there's not a Crash video game with her credit, anyways. (laughs) I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw this out there because there's no limit to how many times we can guess. Mm. Mass Effect. Was she in a Mass Effect? Mm. Okay. I will say this is not one of the licensed ones, but she was used in the marketing for one of the video games that she appeared in. Like they were like, "Hey, Rosario Dawson's here in this video game." I don't know if that helps you or not, but. Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson. The Quarry. <laughs> oh, not the Quarry. Was She's it not in the Quarry? Uh, uh, this is either going to make me look really stupid or really smart. Was it a Twilight game? No, she is not even in those movies. Okay. <laughs> See, there we go. Real <laughs> stupid. Um, I will say her latest credit is from 2022, and I would say it's one of the bigger releases of 2022. Oh damn! Huh? Poe Dameron. Uh, and that's the one she specifically, they were like, hey, Rosario Dawson is in this video game in our marketing campaign. I'm in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> Jedi Fallen Order? Nope. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm AAA so desperately releases. trying not to... Google things because well, I want to keep it. this thing. Cars three. When did Cars three come out? No, she is not in Cars. <laughs> well, it was like 2017. Okay. Okay. 
I will say that the game from 2022 that is a first person game and you kill things in first person. Deathloop. No, she's not in Deathloop. Okay. Halo Infinite. Nope. Who would she even be is in the, Halo Infinite? The, I don't know. Random Spartan you never see. Because like face. there's there's the weapon, but then outside of the weapon you have like I guess like that one scientist lady via like voice codex. Mm-hmm. Hey, she could just be it. like, you know, when you choose your character and you're like, which of these very, 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 very similar armors do you want to wear? Which of these voices do you you can be like character oh, voice I will eight say. could be Rosario Dawson. Just help you guys out because you're struggling here. One of uh, Cozy, your answers is actually close to one of her credits. Okay. I wasn't paying okay. attention to what he said. He said Death Loop. Oh, okay. Okay. She's maybe something close to Death Dishonored Loop. Dishonored 2. You're correct. Cozy. Boom. Oh. Can you give me a licensed game that she was in? There are one. Two, three. If you get the license correct, I'll give it to you. Can I ask a follow-up question? No, I'm not going to ask because that's going to make it we'll easier wait for him. To, uh, yeah, wait. Problem is, is I don't know. I don't know her body of work well enough to really be able to nail this. Mm-hmm. Just give me a license. Just throw it out there. <laughs> Fuck! I still want to look elegant as I crash and burn uh-huh. into this fiery abyss. Fuck! Uh, James Bond. Nope. Incorrect. What was the thing you were okay. going to bring up, Chad? Was she? Also in the original property that was licensed, or did she only appear in the game? What do you mean? Like, was it a? Oh, no, she these was never in Spider Man, but was she in the Spider Man no, no, game no. or something? These okay. are game credits. No, no, no. So yeah, she's in Dishonored Two and Dishonored Death: The Outsider. The most recent game that she was in the marking is Dying Light Two. Like they're like Rosario Dawson's in Dying oh, Light Two. Oh, I didn't know that. That was in 2022. Uh. Her licensed game credits accrued NBA 2K20, Lego Dimensions, okay. Mark Echo, Getting Up. Mark Echo I, I would not up? have been able to... She's also in Ratchet & Clank. I wouldn't have been able to guess any of those. You guys said who did she voice in Lego Dimensions? Uh, in Lego Dimensions, she is Barbara Gordon slash Batgirl. What okay. the hell is Mark Echo? It, Mark Echo is the clothes. That's the clothes brand with the rhinoceros on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Mark Echo's getting up is like... It, it, it was like a... Graffiti game or something? Tony Hawk's like graffiti game. Yeah, yeah. You're going around being a rebel kind of experience. Yeah. She's also Alaris in Ration and Clank, if that means anything to you guys. Oh, it's on PS2. I thought I thought Mark Echo's getting up. You were saying that came out in 2022. No, no, no. That's not too. That's <laughs> okay. not too. All right. Last one. Uh, what is that? Was that three for Chad and one and a half for Cozy? Yeah, sounds right. Good thing this last one's worth one and a half points. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Stars is Dr. Tannis. Nope. Uh, you got to wait to the end of the question. You know it's not going to be Jamie Lee Curtis by the time we get there. Jamie Lee Curtis stars as Dr. Tannis. Uh, mm-hmm. She's incredibly famous for starring in horror movies. Chief among them, Jamie Lee Curtis, famous for... No, it's Halloween. Disney's Haunted Mansion. Disney's Haunted Mansion. It's a horror movie with uh, Lindsay Lohan and they switch places and it's Freaky Friday. Yeah, absolutely. That ensemble cast featured, wow, Owen Wilson. I'm talking about (laughs) Disney's Haunted Mansion now. Okay. Name for me one of his video game credits that doesn't have cars in the name. Hint, they are Disney licensed games. One is connected to a console peripheral and one is a Lego game. Owen Wilson credits that's not cars. They are Disney games. One's connected to a console peripheral, and one is a Lego game. Can Disney you give Infinity. Me one of those? No. Wild Wild West. Link's Cross. 
That's not a Disney property. I think it is. Link's crossbow training. You said no. These are we fit. We we, we fit Disney plus. properties, guys. These are Disney properties connected to a peripheral. One is connected to peripheral. The other one is a Lego game, but they are both Disney properties featuring Owen Wilson in the video game cast. It's just a voice in it. Just just saying. just dance Disney. I Disney's nope. rebrushed. Illusion. Disney's <laughs> Mickey Illusion rebrushed. Nope. Who are we doing? Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis. No. Who, who is no, it? No, this is Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Owen Wilson. Not Lightning McQueen, but still in well, Disney things. Didn't say it's not Lightning McQueen. It's not a Cars game. Didn't say Lightning oh, McQueen can't okay. be in it. So it, you've, we've already said Disney Infinity. Disney we've Illusion Island. Is that, that a thing? That is not him, but that is a thing. Okay. Uh, Again, also, not, Lego game based on a Disney property he's also in. Lego, Lego Dimensions? Nope. Like, it's not Lego Cars. What about, cars is not in the title. What about Mater? Toe Mater's Legos? Nope. Um, Lego Indiana Jones? Nope. Good guess, though. Lego Lord of the Rings? Lego nope. Loki Season 2? Nope. Guys... Like you're right. Lego there. Star Wars. Nope. Lego Star Wars. Nope. Okay. Um, Lego the Darjeeling Limited. No. Okay. I will. Here's another. Here's another clue. They both have. They're both. I mean, obviously, he's playing Lightning McQueen, but both the games are based off of Pixar properties. The Incredibles. What was that? The Incredibles. What was the rest of that? The Incredibles Rise of the Undermine. I think that's one of them. <laughs> no, that's not correct. Lego The Incredibles. The Incredibles Lego. Good Legos. job, Chad. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> Lego the uh, Incredibles. Yeah, Lego The Incredibles. He's Lightning McQueen. He's also in Connect Rush, a Disney Pixar adventure. Was the connect it was the peripheral game I was looking oh, for. Great. Very good. Fantastic. But that means that Chad is the this week's winner of six degrees Woo. of Kevin Bacon is being John Malkovich, Borderlands edition. That was rough. That was rough. <laughs> Are they hard, guys? Are these questions hard? They make my brain squeeze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do it on purpose. Anyways. That's it for segment from Adam. Brings us to Game On Game Show. The Game On Game Show. We play a game called Game On. The Game Show. Game Show. Game, 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 game. This week, we're back with another TMI with MPD. Take it all away, Alex. Take it all away. Thank you, Chad. I, I want to say up front, while I am a little bit peeved that I lost you in that last game we did, uh, I am more upset at Adam for screwing Chad me Lock. over on that last one. So... I'm going to ask, you don't say the Chadlock just yet, Okay. Uh, but I am going to ask that you beat the pants off of him this round. You know you would have lost even if you got the so. last question, right? Like you still would have been a half a point under? Don't care. Don't <laughs> no, care. That okay. last question was worth a point and a half, so we would have tied. Well, I was joking because that would have been a tie, yeah. The year that we were doing TMI with NPD for this episode is 2011, which I feel NBA 2K12. Was, sort of the, <laughs> was sort of the grand culmination of this console generation. It really felt like every development studio that had put out a game within the past like three to four years had a new game this year that basically took the learnings that they had uh, gotten from the previous title and further expanded and uh, improved upon it. Not saying that all the games that came out this year were better than the games that had come before it, but it really felt like everybody at this point in time was sort of playing with a full deck of cards, playing with as Malaka. much knowledge as they could possibly could muster out of, uh, 
you know, what they had learned from the innards of the PlayStation 3 and 360. Um, and so let's get right into this. Uh, as usual, the chat block is in play, as Chad demonstrated earlier, although it is not in play until he says it next. Uh, this year's Madden is out of play, and this year's Call of Duty is also out of play. Ready to go? I got a question for you. Obviously, it's going to come yes. up at some point. There Will there mm -hmm. be a point where NBA 2K is also no longer in play? Um, I'm not saying now, but I'm, I think there will come right. a point where you might need to think about that. I'll, I'll I'll evaluate it on next list. It'll make a decision then. Gotcha. I, I will say, like, the, the problem, right, is that, like, I expanded the list from being the top 10 to the top 12 because, uh, like, I wanted to give you guys more chances to guess games because we were putting Call of Duty and Madden out of play. And sometimes some of these games that are recurring, even though they are recurring, they can tend to be in some of the latter slots of the list, like the 11 to 12th spot. And so that what that's what makes me hesitant to be like, oh, we should always exclude this game because you don't know if it might straight up just dip out because it's only it only registers at like the number 13th spot. Um, but I'll, I'll think about that for next time. All right. Mm -hmm. Number 12. The 12th best selling game of the year 2011 per the NPD group slash Circana is a sports game. NBA 2K12. <laughs> That's correct. Fucking A. <laughs> <laughs> All right, baby, let's go. God damn it. All right. Uh, number 11. The 11th best-selling game of the year 2011 per the NPD group is a soft reboot of a popular franchise. It's a game that people occasionally refer to using the year 2011 so as to not confuse it with another game in its series. <sighs> its box art prominently features orange and blue colored characters. And in terms of genre, it is a fighting game. Oh, Mortal Kombat. That is correct. It is it really two Mortal for two. Kombat? Yeah, no it was like number? technically nine, but they just called it Mortal Kombat or something. Oh, okay. Technically eight. It was one, that, yeah. yeah. Some Which is why some people call it Mortal Kombat 2011. Gotcha. Chet, that's two for two. You got to gotta pick up the slack. <gasps> okay, okay, okay. All right. Burp out of the way. <laughs> number 10. The 10th best-selling game of the year 2011 per the NPD group is an action-adventure game. It's the third entry in a trilogy, though many people regard it as the weakest entry uh, in said three. trilogy. That is incorrect. It features three playable characters across three different time periods hmm. and it was developed is that Creed revelations that is correct who's the third good character? job chad there's, there's desmond characters. there's altair and yeah it's and, and Ezio because okay. it's the Ezio right, trilogy right. yeah yeah oh, okay that was All the last right. assassin's creed game i played well that's a lie i played a little bit of valhalla but yeah number nine the ninth best-selling game 
of the year 2011, per the NPD group, is an RPG. It's another game that was envisioned as a soft reboot of its respective franchise. Its setting was inspired by various locations in and around the city of New York, as well as the United States in general. And it's the only handheld game on this list. Hmm. Hmm. I will go through and I will read the clues again. Yes, please, yes, please. Uh, the ninth best-selling game of the year 2011 per the NPD group is an RPG. Liberty City Stories? That is incorrect. Hmm. Uh, it's another game that was envisioned as a soft reboot of a popular franchise. Its setting was inspired uh, by various locations in, around, in and around the city of New York, as well as the United States in general. And it is the only handheld game. Ooh, the, closer. Chinatown that Wars. one came out in Fucking 2010. No, no. Well, that's your second guess, Adam. Uh, yeah, it is my second yeah, guess. Yeah, I was going to say, Adam, you're out of guesses, uh, but that is incorrect. Okay. Okay. Um, Just because I can't. No, I'm not, so, not going to waste my CL on this. Well, I'm out of guesses already. I know, I know. Yeah. I was going to do it for fun as like a ha-ha-ha, but now I was like, anyway, I might actually <laughs> need it. Chad, it's an RPG. Uh-huh. It's a soft reboot of a popular franchise. Mm -hmm. uh, its setting is inspired by various locations in and around the city of New York, as well as just the United States in general. And it is a handheld game. Cheese and rice. Setting inspired by New York, but not set in New York. Correct. What have we not said? We said Chinatown Wars, we said Liberty City, uh, Vice City Stories. Oh, that that one not even based on New York. That one based <laughs> on Miami. Right, right. I mean, that's that's my second. Do you want to not for points? You want to you want to take a final guess? I have no Think idea. you've been able to into it? Is it, it a GTA no. game? No, you, oh, well, you guys are no way off base. It's a, remember, it's an RPG. Uh, I, I hate you. Have, I you have rocket grenades in that game. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I guess that's true. It is Pokemon Black and White. I mean, oh. it makes sense, but I couldn't tell you what Pokemon came out in 2011, so. I also that was, that was the first Pokemon game that I Pokemon have Black zero and White. experience with. Yeah. Oh, really? You never played them? No. Yeah, the, the whole deal with those games is, so one, they were like, we want to move away from uh, Japan, because all the prior Pokemon games have been based on real locations within Japan. You have Hoenn and Sinnoh, which are all based on real parts of that country, for black and white, they were like, we're going to base our region off of sort of like the general area around Manhattan, but also like pulling other elements of the United States. And the other big thing that they did is they were like, hey, previously, whenever we would do a new generation of Pokemon, it would be like you have 150 new Pokemon and 150 old Pokemon. And then once you get into the post game, you can capture all the other old Pokemon as well. But for black and white, they were like, you have only 150 brand new Pokemon during the main campaign. Pikachu, Charizard, all those old Pokemon don't return until the post game. Hence, it being kind of envisioned. That's right. This is like the one where you could get like a Pokemon that's a set of keys or your washing machine. 
or that an ice was cream Gen cone? Six. Oh, okay, is that not this Gen? Uh, what Gen is this? The washing machine. The washing machine one was Gen Four. Okay. <laughs> I, I know. I know the Pokemon games very well. Don't what about the ice don't cream test cone? my knowledge. That was that. In fact, was Gen Five. Okay. That was Gen Five. Yeah. All right. Number eight. The eighth best-selling game of the year 2011, per the NPD group, is another action-adventure game. It's a sequel that doesn't contain the number two in its title. According to a little website called wikipedia.org, it has a quote-unquote virtual footprint five times that of its predecessors. What does that even mean? And it was developed by a studio that just recently released a game that received a poor critical reception. Arkham Asylum. That is incorrect. Arkham City. What are the clues again? Chad is okay. correct. It was I Arkham it was City. An Arkham game. Yeah. I don't remember when it came out. Arkham Asylum is not right. a sequel, you silly goose. Yeah, you're right. I, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Two for two. We're tied. Let's see if Chad can pull ahead. Number seven. The seventh best-selling game of the year 2011 per the NPD group is a game that was developed using Unreal Engine 3. Ooh. It is also a game that was exclusive to the Xbox 360. Gears 3. That is correct. Oh. Adam pulls ahead. Three <laughs> points. <laughs> Number six. The sixth best-selling game of the year 2011 per the NPD group is another game that is the third entry in its respective series. Uncharted 3. Incorrect. Just guessing. Huh? It was developed and published by Ubisoft. Far Assassin's Creed 3. Oh, shit. Uh, both incorrect. Oh, oh. Okay. No. Which means that only Chad could guess now. Go for it, Chad. It's probably the only game on this list that you would quantify as a casual game. And as we discovered together on Just Locked Dance and Loaded 3. last November, Just Dance 3. Yeah. Congratulations. Right. It's tied up the, again. The next one, I was like, fuck, it's Just Dance, and I can't say anything anymore. <laughs> Shit. Number five. The fifth best-selling game of the year 2011 per the NPD group is a multi-platform game that released day-to-day -day on Windows, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, Wii, and even the DS. It is the seventh mainline entry in its series, but it features a color in its title instead of a number. It is, in terms of genre... Sonic Colors? First. No. Ooh, that is a... Uh, no, that was a 2010 game. Uh, that mm. is incorrect. Mm. It is a first-person shooter. And it's set in the 1960s during 
the Cold War. <sighs> Features of color. Came out on everything, go including through... shitty consoles. <laughs> Call of Duty Black Ops. That is correct. That came to... Did you say 3DS? Is that on the list of things you said? It, it, uh, PlayStation 3, 360, Wii, and the original DS. Of it course, the original that DS? version of the game... That version of the game was made by like oh a different studio than God. Treyarch and looked very different. I've heard that those games are like not bad, but like very very different from like the core Woof. Call of Duty experience. Rough, rough, rough. <sighs> All right. Well, Adam is slightly pulled ahead with four. Chad, you still have a few opportunities to pull ahead, so I'm rooting All for right, you. All right, all right. I'm not. <sighs> Number four. The fourth best-selling game of the year 2011 per the NPD group is another multi-platform game, hmm. albeit one that only released on the Windows, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360. They, they didn't see fit to release it on the Wii and DS this time around. <laughs> the last mainline entry in this game's franchise appeared on last year's list, but it is not a sequel to that game. It was pitted as a direct competitor to another major game that released this year. Battlefield 3? That is correct. Battlefield 3. Mm -hmm. It's like a week or two before Call of Duty or some shit like that. Battlefield 3 is really mm -hmm. good, too. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Number three is <sighs> this year's Madden. I'm going to get all three in Madden oh, NFL shit. 12. I was banking on three being my wit. Okay. <laughs> All right, do you um, want to know who's on the cover of that one? I can tell you. Will you can go right for it. No points. This, no points. Yeah, no points. This was right also a fan vote, and they voted for Peyton Hillis, who was a white running back who had a very short career, but everyone liked that a white running back could be on the cover of Madden because it's just <laughs> so funny. So, because he got that's how he got on. Yeah. I have a, a fun fact here. This was the last Madden game to be released on the PSP and the PlayStation 2. Mm, okay. Mm. All right, number two. The second best-selling game of the year 2011, per the NPD group, is a game that I had a lot of difficulty coming up with clues for, because I feel like almost any clue I could give about this game would immediately give it away. Skyrim. That is correct. Oh, son of a baby butthole. 11, 11, 11, baby. I was like, it's got to be one or two on this list. Uh, and number one is... This year's Call of Duty. Do we know what Call of Duty it is? Oh. oh no. Um Modern Warfare. That wouldn't be Modern Warfare 3, would it? It would be Modern Warfare 3. Oh, it is Modern Warfare. Which was directly pitted against Battlefield mm -hmm. 3 for first person shooter supremacy. I feel like that was like the last time that the video game industry is like, hey. We have a big game, and then another studio was like, "Oh, we have a big game that's very similar. We are going head to fucking head. It is a bloodbath." I feel like nowadays, like games take so long to develop nowadays that it's like we can't plan something like that out. Like, we, right. we could do it when games took like one to two years to develop, but we can't do that now. Like, please let like us have six our, to ten years, our own week or two, because we need to recoup this cost, or we have to lay it half the team <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. Please, Speaking of, of join the respawn in Fire Clan and. Suicide Squad, Suicide Kill the Squad. Justice League. <laughs> and uh, if, if that uh, exists in Skull and Bones, join that too, I guess. 
Everyone's playing Hell Divers. Uh, yeah. Some other highlights from the rest of the entries on this list at the number 16 spot. Uh, next <clears throat> number 16 spot. Real weird that I <laughs> said it like that. Too. Um, no, a, a game that is a testament to how strong the Rockstar brand was, uh, even back in the day. L.A. Noir. Oh, yeah. I like it. Oh. Yeah. That's cool. A, a good game that received good reviews, but it's also kind of like, you know, that game is not really a Grand Theft Auto no, game. But some they had a hardcore marketing like, campaign about like, look how realistic this game is. And you make choices based like, on the tear ducts of their eyeballs. <laughs> and I feel like that effective marketing campaign combined with the Rockstar brand like really propelled that game. Yeah. Uh, number 17. Normally, I wouldn't comment on this kind of game, but I wanted to put it in here. Zumba Fitness. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I only, okay. I only put this one in here because I realized as I saw it on the list that I still don't know what Zumba even is. It's like a Do type not? of like dancing like dance fitness, fitness. fitness. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a Latin okay. groove to it. My mom that had one came with an armband. Yeah, it said armband yeah. for the Wii, and you would like put the Wii controller yeah. in there and dance around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a a wee bargain bin bargain bin essential. Uh, and number nineteen, the rare non Call of Duty Activision game. Either of you want to take a guess what it is? Is it a Tony Hawk? Nope. Is it a rock um, guitar guitar band? Guitar no. Band. Was this this was too early for Diablo Three Eternal uh, Edition? Right. Not okay. not a Diablo. N not a Blizzard game. Activision, Activision. Can you give me a genre? Spider was there a Spider-Man game? Like one of those like edge like turn off the dark. No, that's a musical. Spider-Man Shattered Glass <laughs> it, Memories. <laughs> not a Spider-Man okay. game. I, I would say in terms of genre, I'd say the closest I would go to without giving it away would be like platformer. Hmm. Not a crash game. They weren't making them yet. Um not a crash game. Yeah. Spyro? Spyro, no. yeah, you're the dragon or whatever. Is this a remake? I couldn't give you the title, so if it's a Spyro game, that's all oh, I got for you. Oh, Skylanders. It was Skylanders, oh, Skylanders. Spyro's Adventure. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah, it's sneaking in there. Those toys, man, made a lot of money. Hell yeah, and that is TMI with NPD for the year of 2011. Join us two weeks from now for 2012. Woo! Ooh, well, thank you, Alex. That's it for Game on Game Show, and that is it for episode 345 of Respawn Aim Fire. We've got, coming up V-Soon, our barf episode uh, for Castlevania Lords of Shadows. you got a little preview here, a little taste, but still some twists and turns coming. We haven't finished the YouTube video yet. Anything could happen. <laughs> um, so catch, catch that coming to you in just a little over a week with a special guest hosting with Mountain Dew, uh, Secret Flavors. Um, we've got a directive for you if you're listening. Your directive is to spread democracy with us and Helldivers. Also, Suicide Squad. Also, um, going up this week will be a poll on our Patreon, patreon.com slash respawningfire for next month's games. Here's the theme next month. Short AAA experiences. Short because we've got packs coming Thank up. God. So we're going to be out for a week. Thank fucking but God. But also like some, some big AAA experiences. So uh, that's going to be the theme. I'm going to put those up uh, this week. We will reveal the winners next Sunday and put it on Twitter as well. Uh, but reminder, you can vote on Patreon for a very significantly weighted vote, or you can vote on Twitter, whose results influence only one total vote in the Patreon poll. So 
Uh, you can vote both if you want. You can do whatever you want. I'm assuming that the the results of the poll will end to coincide with our review of Castlevania, Correct. right? Yeah, so that we'll be able to know what it is Perfect. when we do the Castlevania barf. Perfect. Okay, um, two more things. Two more things. Go we for it. We have uh, Bellatro review should be up now for those who want to listen to we talk about Bellatro with uh, Roger from Gamerhead's podcast. And then also our Jacob McCourt-led Patreon exclusive <laughs> yes. will be out before you hear the next regular episode. So that should be out as well. That's right. And then That's the Patreon right. thing will go up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, right now, patrons have had access to our Jacob McCourt video game trivia show. Uh, it was a great time. It pitted the three of us against each other, Adam, Alex, and I. Who wins? Who knows? Um, I'll give you a hint. There is a Pokemon-related question that one person gets basically all the points they need to win the game in that one question. So catch that on patreon.com slash responding fire now or coming to everyone on March 1st, at which time patrons will get access to another one that was just recorded this week. Uh, not a Jacob McCourt special, but a, an Alex special. Uh, what was the name of the game again? Pitch, Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect with some fun And guests. let me tell you, let me tell you, I had a lot of fun doing Pitch Perfect uh, back in 2023. Uh, for 2024's rendition of Pitch Perfect, I implemented a lot of fun new changes and improvements. I upgraded the visuals of the game, and I may have also upgraded the audio experience of the game as well. So definitely look forward to some uh, fun new changes to everyone's favorite game where people have to pitch me the perfect pitch. I'm expecting 8K, 300 frames a second, Dolby Spatial Atmos audio. Anything less, it'll still be great. Uh, Alex, how many weeks we got left? We got like two weeks left, three weeks left on Cozy Bears Cooking. Yeah, we got three more episodes in the bank. Uh, the next episode will be on Wednesday, the 28th of February, this upcoming Wednesday. So definitely look forward to that. You can catch it live on twitch.tv slash Cozy Bear Live, K-O-Z-I-B-E-A-R-L-I-V-E at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, that's Wednesday, February the 28th. Dope. And we will also, as we've kind of mentioned a couple times, we'll be at PAX next month in just a few weeks. So if you are also going to be at PAX, you will uh, please feel free. Come say hi. Uh, we I, I might bring some Respawning Fire swag to give away. If you are a patron who around who was around for the Christmas stuff, uh, you already got one of these swags. But this is a, your other limited opportunity to get another one of these. Um, come say hi. You'll see us. You'll see friends of the show that you might be familiar with if you've listened to us for a while as well. They will all be there. And with that, here's our usual sign-off. Let's recount the groups that Cozy hates. Let's begin. Shin Megami Tensei. I'm just kidding. Bye-bye. <laughs>